0: Coming up on today's Locked on Dodgers, talk about the Serie de Caribe, Jackie Robinson's legacy, and a little bit about All-Stars that are homegrown. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, Vince Samperio here. This is Locked On Dodgers, and we are the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue you're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On, your team every day. I am Vincent Perez Chavez Green Fiends, and I will be rolling solo for the day. Jeff had you guys covered yesterday, I got you guys covered today, and maybe we'll be together for tomorrow's episode. And no news coming from MLB, the lockout is still going on, the two sides did meet, and It doesn't seem like they're close. So we are now 11 days away from jeopardizing when pitchers and catchers are supposed to report and the way negotiations have been going and the how long it's been taking them to actually have conversations. It doesn't look like pitchers and catchers will report on February 14th, but uh, that remains to be seen. We will be hoping for a last second miracle. But at this point, and one of the parts we have seen is that, that owners don't care too much about April games because they are usually lower in attendance. There's usually about because of bad weather and other things. So maybe that's the that's what it is. Uh certainly didn't seem the owners are negotiating in the greatest of faith since every time we see a report, it's players backing off their uh demands and the owners kind of just staying with theirs. So that's where we're at, I will say, and it might be a little bit too late uh, for, for since there's only one game left, but there is baseball going on, and that is the Serie del Caribe, which is a tournament held in – among the, a few countries uh, played in February after all the winter leagues have been played in those countries. It's Colombia, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Panama, Puerto Rico, Venezuela – those used, Cuba used to be in there, um, and I think Colombia and Panama were recently added. But they all have winter leagues, they all have, you know, different leagues, however many teams they have. The champion of each league goes into this tournament, they play round robin, and then they play top four, make playoffs, and go from there. Today will be the final between Colombia and the Dominican Republic. Um there are no Dodgers, I believe, on either team, former or current. There are some major leaguers on the Dominican side. You got um Robinson Cano, you got Jose Siri from the Astros, you got Marcelo Suna and a few pitchers on the Colombian side. I believe it's Sandy Leon, and I think that's it for major leaguers or or guys that are close to the major leagues. But either way, it's on ESPN Deportes or on the ESPN Plus app. You can check it out. It's at 3 p.m. today. Uh, but for those of you that have never, or had never heard of the City of the Caribe, it's a fun – you know, winter tournament, like I said, it's baseball that's that played. It's it's played – well, the winter of these obviously happen in November, December, a little bit of January. And then the City of the Caribe is usually toward the beginning of February, end of January. And it's probably equivalent to, you know, like AAA baseball. But it's baseball at the end of the day. It's fun to watch. Most of the times they're in – uh, fun environments this year they're in the Dominican Republic and anytime the Dominican Republic team is actually playing, the crowd's going crazy. Uh, you're, you know, you've had, you've seen the Mexican crowd, Columbia, you know, the, all the countries are represented there. They, their crowd gets a, lo- a lot of fun and you know, it's fun to watch. I know back in the day, more prominent players used to play more often. You used to get a lot of guys from the major leagues come down and, and pick a different league and, and play. Uh, not so much anymore, probably because teams don't allow them. Uh, you know, we've we've seen a couple guys, believe Zach Rex, maybe Matt Beatty, a couple of those guys have played in the Winter Leagues in the past few years. Um, but usually the team probably asks them to not do that. So that's how it goes. But if that's something you want to check out, it's at 3 p.m. today. It should be a good game. Uh, Colombia has actually been dominating a lot of games. Dominican Republic. Despite all their talent on there, they haven't necessarily been dominating, but they have—they do have the most wins, but they've had a lot of close wins. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes there. And that's something you want to check out. It's something that's baseball. It's actual baseball being played, and it's something you might want to watch. So if that's something that suits your needs, go ahead. And the Laceria is – starting to become, I guess, bigger in the United States, or maybe they're trying to make it bigger in the United States, because in 2024, it's going to be in Miami. Um, I think that would be the first time that it was held in the United States. Usually it circles between all the countries. So Dominican, you know, Mexico, it's been in Panama, it's been in obviously Puerto Rico, it's been all over. But 2024 will be in Miami, so they are trying to cater or getting more popular in the United States, I would imagine. So that's something to look out for if you uh, want to take a trip to watch baseball in Miami in February. There you go. You got, you got something to do. All right, we're going to talk about Jackie Robinson and his legacy and coming off his birthday, the beginning of Black History Month, and just everything that's encapsulated in that. But first, let's talk about Bill Barr. New year, new resolution. Some people, January is like trial month, as they say. February starts the new year. And if you want some help, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And that's here to help you stick to whatever you want to do with this new year. All the all the bars are covered in 100 percent chocolate They most bars contain around 130 calories, four grams sugar, four grams net carbs, 17 grams protein. That's everything you could want in a candy bar, but it's a protein bar and but it tastes like a candy bar. It's crazy. They got a lot of bunch, they got a bunch of flavors. They're always adding flavors. They're always you know trying out new flavors. They're always coming out with with different packages where you can get your flavors. And there's really nothing else I can tell you but go get built bar. So go to build.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at build.com. I want to thank you and remind you to make Locked on Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. We're here every weekday morning. We are free and available wherever we get podcasts and on YouTube. So check us out. Tell your friends about us. Uh, spread the word. Yeah, get it out there. All right. So – January 31st was Jackie Robinson's birthday this April 15th of 2022 will be 75 years since Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier and there's just a lot that's you know part of that we are now in February which is Black History Month so it's been you know if if you've been on, on social media or been paying attention you know you've seen a lot of Sports celebrating the month and, you know, we saw the Dodgers celebrate Jackie Robinson. Dave Roberts uh, hosted, I think, the John Muir High School, the the baseball and softball teams from there, which is where Jackie Robinson went. Uh, The Dodgers made a donation to the school and Roberts talked about you know the direct impact Jackie Robinson had on his own career you know Dave Roberts is is black and japanese he's the first person of color to manage the dodgers and you know he understands what Jackie Robinson meant to not only the african american community but you know the the entire baseball community as a whole without him you know you just don't know obviously at some point it might have it at some point it would have been integrated but As we've seen from, you know, if you've seen the movies or if you've read about it or anything else, Jackie Robinson was seemingly the perfect guy to be the first one to break the color barrier. He understood what the significance was. He understood that a lot of people aren't going to like it. He understood that it might cause issues and he's he's not going to be loved and he's going to get... You know, yelled at him, whatever else the case is, is, is and you know probably a lot worse than any of us will ever endure in our life. And he was able to persevere through that, push through that, and not only did he break the color barrier, but he was a legit baseball player that you know helped the Dodgers and ended up being the Hall of Famer. So he he it took a lot of different parts, and and like I said, it, by this point, I would imagine baseball would be integrated without him, but. It took him to make it okay, make it fine, and you know, push to where we're at now. And and unfortunately, where we're at now is a decline in black baseball players. But you know, there there's also you know a lot of players that that look up to him. And and you know, we have Mookie Betts specifically in terms of black baseball players. David Price, they've had the Dodgers have had you know countless players through the years. And even with the decline, it's still, you know, his legacy still holds on 75 years later. And it's something that, you know, as a Dodger fan, it's easy to take for granted, but also something that, you know, you remember and, and try not to take for granted. You know, you, you definitely, you know, as a fan of, of the Dodgers and then also me as a Raider fan, the Raiders broke some barriers in a few areas as well. And it's, you, you know, you have pride in that. You have pride in 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 being a fan of that franchise. And the Dodgers haven't done anything to really put us off from that. And they've always you know, been a pillar in the community. They've always helped out wherever they can. They've always celebrated what needs to be celebrated. And it's just you know, great to be part of that. It's great to see the Robinson family. Um, you know, I believe uh, Jackie's son David, his second son, was on hand when they hosted those students and, you know, he talked to them as well. And it's just about making sure the legacy is not forgotten, celebrating anytime you can and making sure that everyone knows the story. And if you don't know the story, you know, look it up or watch the movie or, or, you know, do some research if you want and, you know, kind of see what the impact was, how he did it and how it resonated and, and why he's still celebrated to this day. Because honestly, You don't – you know, as long baseball may not be as popular as it was in America right now, but you don't know the names of the first – or you may, but most people don't know the names of the first player to break the color barrier in other sports. Jackie Robinson is the one, is that guy, and he's become more than just a baseball icon. Like I said, he's become an icon to black players all over, to – Hispanic players to Asian players to anybody that's, that's, you know, considered a minority or has been considered a minority in the past. He's part of that legacy. And, and, you know, we're not sure where baseball would be at without him. It might be a little bit different and it definitely, you know, wouldn't have been as smooth as it was, if it wasn't for him. So, you know, shout out to Jackie Robinson and, and the continued efforts by the Dodgers and by the Robinson family to make sure his story uh, lives on forever. And, and and transitioning that into what I mentioned now with Black History Month, you know, we've seen, or if you have some, Mookie Betts on social media, you've seen that he's, and I'm assuming he's going to do one every day, he shouted out someone uh, each day on his social media. On February 1st, it was Curtis Flood who basically paved the way for free agency in today's major league he's a guy that his story is probably under uh someone else that if you want to do some research and, and check that out and look into him curtis flood i uh, can't remember who he did yesterday but he is one of those guys. i mean mookie's that guy who we've already talked about him at uh, his off season. Oh, he did Ferguson Jenkins yesterday, and I'm sure he'll do an, another player today. And Mookie's a guy that, you know, continues to be part of that Jackie Robinson legacy. He's maybe not a direct reflection of it, but he's a pretty strong reflection of it. He's now, you know, being part of it. The, the The Players Alliance was created with a lot of these players that Uh, You know, want to continue to help out in the community, want to get participation in baseball up and just want to genuinely grow the game. And Mookie Betts is part of that. And Mookie Betts is, you know, a bona fide superstar who doesn't have to do this type of stuff, but he does it because he understands his impact on the game. He understands his impact on, you know, young black kids and, and you know not just black kids obviously but in his in his direct way it's, it's young black kids that want to participate in baseball and, and he's trying to help out and, and he's being part of that legacy and you know as we talked about him the other day with the off season and, and going to rams games and Lakers games and being part of the la community he's now you know integrated himself into or he's already been integrated but he's now you know, cementing his legacy in, in a lot of communities, in the baseball world, in the world in general. And Mookie Betts has done a lot of great things and, you know, off the field and charity-wise and, like I said, with the Players Alliance now and now educating people on social media. And it just adds to the tool belt that he has. And, and you know, the, the man, the jack of all trades that Mookie Betts is. And, you know, we appreciate him as Dodger fans, but we also appreciate him as baseball fans and also appreciate him just as a human being. So, you know, want to shout out to Mookie Betts, and you know, just say that we're glad to have you as, as Dodger fans, and we hope you continue to do what you do and continue to be that strong character that that has grown into himself here in in the last few years, and and will continue to grow the next ten years with the Dodgers. We're gonna talk about next is. An article by In The Athletic by I think Enosaris about organizational droughts and homegrown all stars and how often they've been or how often the Dodgers have had them and see when some of those droughts may be broken. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so Eno put out an article talking about looking at MLB prospects that turned into all-stars and looking at every team and and how often they've had, or not how often they've had it, but when's the last time they had an all-star at every position? And for the Dodgers, for the most part, they've had an all-star at every position since 2008, minus one position, that's third base. And it's not that they've never had a third baseman that's been an all-star. Obviously, Justin Turner has made it. But they haven't had a drafted or signed player, homegrown talent, be an all-star at third base since 1987 with Pedro Guerrero. So we're going to run through the list and just see where they're at and see when that possibly could change. Starting at catcher, Russell Martin was the last homegrown all-star, and that was back in 2008. It should have ended in 2021 with Will Smith, but he was not name to the all-star team so 2022 will Smith will be an all-star uh, barring any crazy developments or an injury so that catcher drop from 2008 will be erased in 2022 with will Smith first base you have it, it will depends how you vote how you feel about it but Steve garvey and Cody bellinger so Steve garvey was 1981 Cody Bellinger 2017. Bellinger mostly played first base in 2017, so I'm not sure why there's a distinction here. But, yeah, that drought was 2017 fixed by that. Um, If Cody Bellinger ever wants to play first base again or plays first base on a more consistent basis, then he would break that. Other than that, there's not anybody that you're like, oh, yeah, the first base little drought will be be fixed or will be, um, yeah, will be, you know, a new first base all-star. I don't know when that's going to happen. We, the Dodgers don't necessarily have any first base prospects. They so If they sign Freddie Freeman, they're going to have him for a few years over there. If not, they'll have Max Muncie, hopefully for a few more years over there. And there's not necessarily somebody that stands out that says, oh, yeah, they're going to be the next homegrown all-star first baseman for the Dodgers. But 2017, not that long ago, so it, you don't have to worry about it. Second base. D. Gordon back in 2014. That's last time. And this one is hopefully easy to answer. Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux, if he gets another shot at second base or ends up becoming what Jeff and most people believe he can be, that's an all-star. And that would remedy the situation of being the last one being in 2014. I don't know if it happens this year. It's very possible to happen 20 2023, 2024. Uh, But let's hope it does happen this year. And let's hope that Gavin Lux does become that breakout star that we've been waiting for and the first homegrown Dodger All-Star second base since 2014. Now, third base is where the drought, the real drought is 1987, Pedro Guerrero. And this one might take a few years, but. It's going to be contingent on some of these prospects panning out. Miguel Vargas has been in just about every single top 100 prospect list this offseason. He does play third base. I know there's been some people have mentioned that maybe he doesn't stick at third base. But as of right now, he's the guy that would break that drought. He's going to play third base. He can rake and, you know, if he can help out the Dodgers here in the next three, four years. He could possibly break that drought by 2024, maybe 2025. So, I told Miguel Vargas is that guy. Interesting to note that Adrian Beltre, who had that crazy year in 2004, apparently wasn't good enough in the first half of that season or something happened because he was not an all-star because that would have been – 2004 would have been the drought instead of 1987. But, hey, you know things happen. You got shortstop Corey Seager 2017. This is one that also could take a while, and it just depends, I guess. You know, Trey Turner's sign, long-term, then it's going to take a while until a homegrown shortstop happens. If not, Gavin Lux could theoretically slide over to shortstop and could be that guy. The Dodgers don't necessarily have a shortstop in the pipeline right now or at least one that's close. Um I know. Eddie, I think Eddie's Leonard's a shortstop, and he got to to the 40-man this offseason. But that would be quite a jump from to go from where he's at now, barely on a couple prospect lists to, to an all-star in the next few years. So Gavin Lux is the best hope at shortstop. That also does remind me at second base, Michael Bush could find his way there if he hits like people think he can hit, and if he sticks at second base and Lux does move over to shortstop or stays in a utility role or whatever the case is, Michael Bush could be second base. Gavin Lux is the hope at shortstop. Other than that, it's going to take a while, and I'm not sure who would it would be. For outfield, you got, once again, not sure why there's two, but Cody Ballinger, 2019, Jack Peterson, 2015. Cody Bellinger will be the next one homegrown talent to be an all-star for the Dodgers, um, assuming that he gets back on track like we all believe he can. Starting pitcher, 2021, Walker Bueller. Walker Buehler will probably be an All-Star for years to come. So him and or Julio will be the next starting pitcher All-Stars that are homegrown talent. And then a uh, reliever, you got Jansen in 2018. Jansen could potentially do it again next year if the Dodgers signed him. But if not, I was going to say Bruce Dye but he's not homegrown. They got him from the Twins. So this one is up in the air. It's hard, you know, to have a reliever because it usually means you have to fail at something else to be a homegrown reliever. Uh, the Dodgers do have some guys that could fit that mold here in the next few years. Like if Bobby Miller doesn't quite pan out as a starter, let's just say Destin may continues to have arm troubles but ends up being able to handle a reliever position. There's different ways to go about it, but I'm not going to put anybody on a list like, "Oh yeah, you're going to be a reliever all star" because, like I said, it usually means. That you failed at maybe starting pitching, or in Jensen's case, at catching or being, a hit, being able to hit as catcher. So I won't put that out there, but I'm sure the Dodgers will have one eventually, and that's the way it goes. So this was cool little exercise. Uh, shout out to Eno Sarias for putting this together, and that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to check us out wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. You can also find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm Evan Sanperio. You can always call and then leave a voicemail or send us a text at 323-863-5625. You can send us a DM on any of those social media accounts. You can send us an email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Check my Advice Play podcast, Locked Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.